Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And, and I'm uh, And I'm, I'm uh we'll go we'll go with Faust. Okay, we'll go with Faust. <laughs> Faust is here. Faust is, is back for um attempt for the first time. For the yes. back for the first time, yeah. Um if <laughs> In case you did not hear about the sad, the sad tale of the lost episode, uh, he was our he was our very first guest, like like eight months ago or something when we uh, yeah. when we uh, did Bioshock, and then the episode got the recording was a fail. Uh, so now you're back for the first time. You're back yeah. from outer space. Something something. <laughs> what? No. However, any song goes. In. We just walked in to find you here with that. Sad look upon your face. Yes. Oh, lordy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how has how is everyone? How how's things? Things is pretty good. I I finally uh, like gave in and started reading Homestuck. Oh, dude. I you know Homestuck has been on my list of things to read for like years and years and years. It's it's done now, isn't it? Like they stopped. It's finished. Yes, okay. it's completed now. Okay. Um, which makes me feel a little less terrible about starting it. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm only in. I'm only like two thousand something pages in, probably, oh, which nice. is like a fifth a fifth of the way, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or less. I don't know. Man, Homestuck is pretty brutal. <sighs> but it's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I've heard. Yeah, it seems like one of those things that's really good, but just has like. Kind of a terrible fan base. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Maybe, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not involving myself in the fandom in any way. But like the the material itself is is entertaining and convoluted in a way that I enjoy. Yeah, so. I, sh- I shouldn't say a terrible fan base. I should say a an extremely uh, zealous fan base. That's a. It has a fan base. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's probably a nicer way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that sounds like an undertaking. Yeah, but the thing about it is, like, it's it's sort of convoluted and mysterious enough that it's something that you, like, really want to have people... You really want to discuss it with people. Like, it's a thing that let, lends itself well to discussion. Yeah. And so my husband had been reading it, and he's like, you really need to read Homestuck, because I really want to talk about it with you. <laughs> oh, that's always good. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah. Huh. Well, so that's what I've been up to. Yeah, I gosh, I have just been uh, crying a lot the last the last <laughs> this past week was finals for me, which means that the past like month has just been a dumpster fire of of just stress and sadness. Uh, so that's done, and I've got like a three week break. Um, Yay! Congrats. I, it's like my last nice. class was on like Thursday. And it's now Sunday, and I feel, I feel like I'm still recovering, which, like, that's kind of pathetic, but, eh, that's fine. Eh, we're, I'm sure you were working hard up to it. Yeah. Um, did you have to, it, like, are finals for you, like, sit-down written tests, or all is it all portfolios and presentation stuff, or? Um, I had one sit-down written test. I just had, like, a math class, like, just random math class this quarter, which was which was actually surprisingly, like, the, the thing that I cared least about, because I had, you know, like, 95% in that class before going into the final, and I did, like, 120-point extra credit homework, 
And then, <laughs> and then the final is just like the same thing as the extra credit, which was just a study guide sort of thing. So that was not worrying. The rest of it was like I had to do an animatic, which was also a group project, which sucks. And then um. I had to do like a full like big illustration, and I had to do like a a 3D rendered scene, which included all of the modeling and the lighting and the texturing, and like compositing various render passes. So <laughs> I'm so glad that that's done. Like, oh, oh. And the next quarter is gonna be even worse. How oh, fun times! Nice. When do you, when do you uh, is next quarter your last one or do you, uh, do you graduate got, after? This? I've got like a year ish left to okay. go, so got some time still, but but nice, yeah. Uh. So I've been attending and competing in uh, a what's it like uh, a competition, a student game competition called Sweden Game Awards. Oh, nice. Which was really fun is that like a game jam sort of thing or do you have like time oh you got all the time in the world oh okay the only restriction is that half of your team must be students oh Mm. dang so you can just outsource all the hard stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh if you like scary games check out the winner notes of obsession nice it's a really good game i'll forget but i'll ask you later Because I like scary games in theory. So have you have you finished the game that you're working on for that, or are you still working on it? Oh, well, we sort of finished it. We decided we didn't really want to work anymore with it, so we just threw it in anyway. Finished <laughs> enough. And we almost got nominated for audio design. Nice. Nice. Huh. Very good. You're doing mm. it. Yeah. Who are coming up, coming up in the game design world? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. How about you, Faust? Anything interesting going on in the past couple weeks? Oh, my life is on fire. <laughs> yeah, I know how that for, feels. For all the bad reasons and none of the good ones. Oh no. Aww. And, and it is it is not worth discussing on a gaming podcast, nor is it. Nor do we even have the appropriate length of time to discuss it. Oh boy. Well, I hope that your life stops being on fire, which sounds like a difficult thing considering that you live in the desert. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, everything is on fire here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Well. You just drive your on-fire car through the 115-degree heat to your on-fire warehouse on fire where you work. do your on-fire work. Yep. <laughs> I would so I have to ask, how do you guys manage to live in that heat? <laughs> Um, I can barely stand it here, and it's like, what, 70? You you don't. You sit inside where it is 75 comfortable degrees, and then if you have to go outside, you wear as close to nothing as humanly possible, and then if you actually have to walk anywhere, you are outside as little as possible until you can get back into a building where it's, again, a comfortable 75 degrees. It's like living at the Antarctic, but in reverse. Yeah, you just don't be outside a lot. Yep. Yeah, but if, if it's cold, you can, like, get some clothes. Yeah, that's why I prefer cold, because you can bundle up as much as you want, but there's only so much clothing you can take off before you're just taking your skin off. And yeah, nobody I... likes it when I take my pants off in public. It's such yeah. a big deal. <laughs> Bummer. 
You guys just need to build, uh, you need to build, like, canals from place to place so you can just swim everywhere so you'll be cooler. Oh, but that's so wasteful. <laughs> that's true. Not a lot of water to uh, fill your canals with in the desert, unfortunately. We Have should... you seen Lake Mead? Ugh. We should, we should, like, divert some of our Seattle rain. Yeah. Collect it in big tanks and ship it down to you yeah, or something. Slap a, slap a postage stamp on it to the desert. There you go. Uh, send it to California. They're the ones with the drought, I think, right? That's, that's true. Are they? Is it still? I mean, it's probably still bad. I shouldn't even ask. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> not prepared to talk about uh, uh, meteorological conditions throughout the western United States. We have a we have an actual pool on our uh, in our like little apartment community, and I was super excited last week to like go use it because it was actually like hot enough to to go out and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did, and it was like super super crowded. Uh, and I found out some, I still swam for a little bit, but I found out later that like we got like an angry letter from management that's like people left garbage all over the pool and like like kids um like threw their chalk in there and it threw off the like chemical balance and the oh, so the pool's like now has to be closed while it gets like rebalanced and well it's like well we had something nice and we ruined it yep gosh kids these days throwing their chalk in yep. the pool god why throwing chalk in the pool man that's I'm not like sure. i'm not sure they did it on purpose they may have just like left it on the bank yeah. and it like got blown in there or something but <sighs> kids these days i know right you can't trust them with anything <laughs> mm. well that's a whole bunch of stuff and i don't have a good segue so we played a video speaking, game. Speaking of kids these days, speaking Jesus. Of, speaking of animals, which the kids are similar to. <laughs> yeah, I wish you could take two kids and take their parts apart and put them all back there like Mr. Potato Head style. <laughs> yeah, see, we've we've got segues here. Uh, we, we played Impossible Creatures, which is a game where you do that, but not with kids, with animals. Yeah. Which is yeah, Same not, difference. Not... I, it's slightly less horrifying. Um, I guess theoretically you don't. I mean, you don't have to take any of the animals apart? Question mark. I'm, it's very unclear how the technology in this. The technology is very hand wavy. No, I, I walked in on. I walked into the campaign like that. They're like, look, they have this technology. Let's just put two animals together, however we want, and then they're done discussing it. Yep. <laughs> Basically. This is a thing we can do. Deal with it. So, uh, am I doing the summary for this one? Sure. Or, like, unless anyone else has one prepared. Yeah, no. I absolutely have no idea how to summarize this. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Impossible Creatures uh, is an RTS game uh, created by Relic Games that is uh, a sort of mad scientist adventure in the 30s. Um, you... You, I guess you don't play as you don't really play as anyone in an RTS. Uh, the the main character is a is a journalist named Rex Chance, um, and Rex is uh, journeying to this series of islands uh, in order to meet his father, Doctor Chanikov, uh, who has been working on these islands. And when he gets there, uh, he meets a young young woman named Lucy Willing, uh, which sidebar. 
remarkably like uncomfortably sexual name given that it's an entirely G G-rated name like I don't know what it is about that name but anyway um, so he meets Lucy Willing and they she was like the apprentice to uh, Rex's father and so they she explains like what they were working on which is this technology that called the Sigma technology that allows them to combine two animals at a time to make these these like armies of huge combined creatures um, that the Sigma technology can then control to like go and, and fight and stuff um, but it turns out that like the person who'd been funding all this research and like managing all this, a man named Upton Julius, which all the names in this game are great, like it's so <laughs> like good. ridiculous. Um, it's like the guy. What's it called? The game's base run. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buck every, man. Buck man. <laughs> Buck man. Oh jeez. <laughs> every name in this game is like that. Yeah. Um. So, so you and Lucy, uh, so it turns out, like, Upton Julius is, like, a crazy evil guy who wants to use the Sig Sigma technology to, like, take over the world. So you, like, journey from island to island, uh, collecting animal DNA and making Sigma creatures to, like, fight your way towards him. And you travel, you go through a series of his henchmen, um, starting with, like, Whitey Hooten, who is, like, a, a thuggish character. And then, uh, Velika Lapette who is basically like a Cruella de Vil type figure. She's she's using the combined creatures to make like fancy furs, uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, and then um, Dr. Ganglion, who's just like the one of those, you know, like little Igor mad scientist types. Uh, and then you eventually fight your way uh, to Upton Julius. Um, spoilers. You find out along the way that, like, it turns out that Rex is actually sort of a product of the Sigma technology, but not really, because it's actually the result of, like, this meteor that hit somewhere in Russia and killed Rex's mother, but gave him, like, weird superhuman powers when he was a baby for some reason. Um... So, like, the, the further you go through the campaign, the more, like, powerful Rex becomes. He gains, like... Every few, every few camp, every few like missions in the campaign, he like gains a new power. Eventually, he's got like regeneration, and he gives any you know animals near him like extra attack power and and all sorts of cool abilities. So you basically fight your way to the end and destroy uh, Upton Julius, and then it's got a sort of ominous ending. I, I actually did not get to finish the campaign, but I did watch the ending on YouTube, <laughs> and. So the ending seems to be, like, they destroy Upton Julius's lab, and Julius gets carried off by, like, some kind of, um, I don't know what it was, like a vulture hippo or something. Um, and then, like, Rex is like, yay, Lucy, it's all over. Like, you know, it's done for good. And then, like, they're hugging, but you can see that, like, Rex's eyes have actually gone, like, totally white and, like, evil. So <laughs> maybe it's over, but maybe, like... Rex is because Rex is like also sort of the technology question mark. So yeah, uh, that's the basic uh, narrative. The mechanic is your pretty standard RTS stuff, except with the gimmick that you make your units by collecting this animal DNA and combining creatures. So two at a time, you get a little interface where you can swap out like. 
various body parts, so you decide, like, which one, sh- which animal's head you should have, which animal's torso you should have, and, like, front and back legs and tail, and sometimes for different types of creatures, there's different types of body segments, like insects get an extra leg segment, and, like, wings. scorpions. And, yeah, wings. Units, yeah. Yeah, claws for lobsters and scorpions, things like that. And each body part, like, the animals themselves confer certain stats, and then certain body parts also confer different attacks um, or different, like, special abilities. So, for instance, you know, you get the bite attack of whatever animal has is the head of your, your monster and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know, it's a fun little RTS. It has its issues. I think it's not super well balanced. Um, and in the campaign, at least, there's, like, some stuff that's completely OP and some stuff that's completely useless. So, I don't know. I guess we can talk about that. Yeah. Do we want to start with, like, our favorite units? We can do that. Uh, yeah. Since that seems like a... That is the fun. selling point here. Yeah, that is yeah. the selling point of the game. Uh, I really like the units that have regen because I like being able to, like, do a bit of a harassment and then, like, just wait a moment and, like, let all my units recover and then do a bit of another thing. Uh, So I ended up with my... Of the creatures that I managed to collect, and I only got through, like, uh, 10 out of 15 missions, I think. Um, Of the creatures I managed to collect, my best units ended up being uh, polar polar bear chameleons, probably, as number one. Um, and then I also got a good showing from um, Hippo Komodo Dragons and Hippo Lobsters. Nice. Someone else go. <laughs> I can't think of a single like unit. I basically made new units all the time, and I just made them as cheap as possible. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. I just like picked picked something really cheap and disposable. That I could just make a whole bunch of and then just kind of mass it onto whatever I needed to do. But then again, I didn't um I didn't get particularly far. It, a combination of of just like the crunch time related issues and the AI in the campaign in this game is bananas. Um, so I I I didn't even get to a point where I was like really strategizing that much. I was kind of just brute forcing my way through it. I kind of got, like, I got overwhelmed with options, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I just, there like, are a lot of creatures this, pretty quick. This is something I can combine with this, and I just did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then I, I mean, I did sort of try to make funny creatures. But, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, can easily I mean, see how you could spend, like, hours min-maxing in the creature creator if you wanted. Yeah. So Faust, Again, I know you found some too many options. you found some cool, interesting uh, stat stat combinations with your critters, right? Yeah, like as, again, I've been playing this game on and off for like ten years because I was playing it in high school and I played it now and it's super fun and I don't have to work very hard to sell someone on buying it. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, would you like to mix a hippo with a giraffe and just see if you can stick the really big, funny head on the long? And it's not, you can totally do that. <laughs> yep. Um, like as far as cheap units go, I've found king of the cheap units. I found the counter to the king of the cheap units, which makes it kind of weird when you're trying to figure out if someone's using the stupid thing. It's the dumbest 
cheap. All right, so this, the, my favorite stupid cheap monster is you. You take a warthog and a wolf, and you give it all wolf parts. <laughs> so it's just a wolf like imbued with the essence of warthoginess. Yeah, and it gives you pack hunter and herding, which is just if you have more than four of this thing, or it's like four more of it, it gets a big boost to attack and defense. Mm-hmm. And then because a wolf has keen sense, it can see like burrowed invisible units, and you make. Like, load your game, make this thing, start any game versus an AI, and make eight of these real quick, and just send them to kill the guy, and then just tech up, and you win the game. <laughs> now, the counter to it is, like, um... Is, does the counter even... I have to see if the counter even there's, exists outside there's of gotta be a There's gotta be a flying unit. Like, it, it can't attack flying units, because it's got no range, I would assume. Ah, the porcupine. No, no, no. No, it's, no range. Doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's it's like having Zerglings that just don't want to die. Um, but you, like the porcupine has a thing where it can, if you give it like a porcupine's tail, mm-hmm. it gets this little disorienting barbs ability that it negates that or all those bonuses within a, within the group it's uh, t- like targeting. And that's fine, but it's also an incredibly specific unit you have to have around for another incredibly specific unit, and that's kind of where the balance of the game falls apart. <laughs> Because you get yeah. nine units, and it's like, well, I can just make a bunch of weird stuff, and you can't be prepared for all of it, so... Yeah. Yes. It's kind of like Pokemon. You just have to fill in fill in the gaps as best you can with the six Pokemon you are provided. Oh, yeah, but Pokemon's like... You can you can fill... Like, one Pokemon fills in a lot of gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Depending, depending on your sets and stuff, yeah. Yeah. In this case, you're, you're hoping that one monster can maybe fill two. Yeah. And you're trying to fight nine that have limitless possibilities. Yep. Yeah, I guess that's maybe that's why the game feels so unbalanced to me. Is that it's not that it's unbalanced; it's that it's just balanced in a really nitpicky way. <laughs> Where it's like there's like one or two things that are really good in in any scenario, but you have to find them in this limitless set of combinations. Yep. Also, and to be you, fair, the game has just have like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You won't know what's coming either, so you can't really prepare too much in advance, which makes it sort of impossible to balance. Yeah, I mean, you know, theoretically in the campaign at least, you can play a level and then play it again, but yeah, in uh, in multiplayer for sure. Yeah, you just kind of get screwed. I mean, the game, the game helps you in creation, and there's a lot of ways to filter different stuff out mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just abilities. Just alone, you can sort by how, what, what, which animal has which ability, but then you kind of have to know what the ability does and what it counters and the prevalence of the thing you're trying to counter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do try and give you, um, there's like a, and I only used it once, but there's like an army evaluator tool where if you, like, if you use it, it tells you, um, like, if you have, you know, it's, it's like a like a checklist. It's like, do you mm-hmm. have, like, a good medium tier unit, a good light tier unit, and a good t- heavy tier unit. Do you have yeah. at least one amphibious, like water unit? Do you have at least one flying unit? Do you have like um, a good mix of like is your is your army like coal requiring heavy or electricity requiring heavy or bow balanced? Yeah. Or... And it even gets into like, are you okay? Like you're gonna have a good time in your early game, but then in your mid game, it's gonna sort of fall apart because you don't have a lot of good mid game units. Um, yeah. Which is which is helpful if you know what you're doing, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, that's not not super helpful for like someone like me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had a I had a rough time playing the campaign this time around, and I can't. I don't know if it's because the campaign is really hard, or if I'm just really bad at RTS. I suspect the latter mostly. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I am. Probably, too. A, probably a combination of the two, but mostly the latter. Yeah, I probably should have just like ditched out on on the campaign and and just done, uh, like Some creature missions against creature. easy easy AI. Yeah, it's super fun to just build really weird stuff. Yeah, that might that might be what I do because now I've I now I've got like yeah now I've got like two weeks of just whatever. <laughs> I I literally have the game open right now, staring at this army I made, and it doesn't make sense to me. Is to it me spiders? At all. No, this spiders? is a horse. Okay, so it's a oh. horse and a wasp, and it's got a wasp's little like you know tail end mm. abdomen thinger, and then like a wasp's head, but it's all on a horse body. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's so weird looking. <laughs> Wait, I have the game open. I'm looking at this, and I'm just I'm confused by the thing I have made. You should definitely screen cap that one. We ran um, a sort of like impromptu like show us your weird creations thing, and uh, I know I got like a bunch of really fun screenshots. We got a really cool one on the on the forums um, from Mazo of the the Great Wethafunt, which yeah. is a great name. Well, I guess Wefant, but I think Wefafant is a better name. Um, name. But yeah, it's like a great white shark combined with an elephant. So it's and it literally looks like an elephant mermaid, <laughs> with only like its front legs are like tiny little stubby legs because they're sized for like fins. But it has like a big old elephant head on a great white shark body. And like the shark fins sticking out of the back. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Oops. Okay. Yeah, oh, I you don't remember the push buttons correctly. Wonderful. Let's try it again. I got a giraffe to be really long in the torso by cutting in a snake body in the middle. <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh. Everything with a snake makes, makes it weird. Yeah, the snake is pretty, is pretty good for hilarity. Um, I also like the hammerhead shark with little, like, moose hoof legs. Um, and the, uh, the hippopotamus baboon, which just looks like... It's just got a huge butt. <laughs> it's like got like the skinny little arms and huge butt. Plus that, a hippo head, which is great. That looks like something that looks like um god, what is what is the Egyptian god that has a hippo head? I don't know off the top of my head and I don't wanna clacky clack my keyboards all over the place. That's that's what that reminds me of. Like it's just kinda hanging out. Here guys. Oh. Okay, yeah. Weird um Weird horse has been screen capped and placed in the chat now. Yes. <laughs> nice. It looks amazing. Actually, I the like horse the... looks really funny. I like that it's uh, both species are are black colored, so it they look almost like they go together a little bit. <laughs> uh, almost. Yeah. Almost, a... but not really. Just as nature intended. <laughs> yep. There's um, nothing natural about this game. One one nice thing about uh, the game, about the way they let you do the the creature combining in this game, is that uh, in the combiner you get to pick the name for the thing. It it auto like it auto generates a, a name that's a smush of the the previous two, but you can overwrite it with your own name if you want. Um, and it lets you, it gives you like a little preview window at the top of how the animal looks and how it's going to move. So it like animates periodically and you get to take the picture that will be the button to make that unit, uh, yes. in your little army. 
So like you, you know, you move the camera around, you zoom in and out, you, you know, pan side to side a little bit, and then you like wait until it's doing the animation that you want, and you uh, you snap a picture, and that becomes the button to make that unit, which can can result in some pretty hilarious. Uh, Hilarious little pieces. I wasted a lot of time trying to get that screenshot on, like, the exact frame that I wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah, I should not be given given uh, options like that. <laughs> but, you know. Maybe they should give you options, like... To scrub frame through the animation it. frame by frame? Yes. Gosh, mm-hmm. I love I love scrubbing through the animations. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Yeah, there's some of some of the I'm like actually pretty impressed at the animations overall. Like it's got to be tough because they can't they obviously can't hand animate every single combination of creature because there's just too many of them. Yeah. Um because I don't know how many how many creatures are available. Like how much DNA is there? Um, um I'm looking at the the animal guide, not the bonus <laughs> guide. The animal guide is what 51 which I, I'm guessing is the base game, and then the bonus I think is another like 15 or something. Yeah, yes. so if you, it's like uh, whatever 50, 51 times 50, whatever that works out to, possible combinations of creatures. Yeah. Um, and that's not even including like the variations on all the limbs that you can yeah. do with all the creatures. So clearly they had to design some kind of procedural animation engine for this. And it works remarkably well, considering how bizarre some of the results, resulting creatures are. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was really impressed just by, um, by, like, the body morphs, and how, yeah. how, I don't want to say seamlessly, but just, <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess seamlessly, just, like, the fact that they, that they stick together and, and the meshes are, you know, relatively cohesive, or as cohesive as they can be considering, yeah. you know, like, I'm gonna put a wasp body on a hippo's head, you know, like, that Yeah, shouldn't... like, the animals that are made look absolutely ridiculous, but they don't usually look broken. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like, that's, that's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, I would, I would actually, like, love to, to see, like, you know, whatever, whatever tech they have behind, behind putting these bodies together. That, that would be that would be like I don't know. Now I'm just like thinking like maybe it's blend shapes or something, but that's I don't know. Blend shapes have to have the same geometry, so that I just want to crack right. open the engine and see if they named it Mr. Potato Head. Gosh, I hope so <laughs> that's all I can think of when I look at this game. And I'm also impressed with the UI for combining creatures. It's like remarkably smooth. It's yeah. like very easy to see what parts you have. It's very easy to see what, you know, each thing confers. I love that anytime you switch between two things, whether it's two creatures in your army or two creatures that you're selecting to combine or, you know, the li- you know, two limb combinations on the same creature, it gives you a like a plus or minus compared to the thing you were on previously mm-hmm. for like, okay, all these stats went up and all these stats went down. So, you know, like, that's that's so, like, just good UX design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really appreciate that. I must say, it's a bit confusing, though. Until really? you get used to it, I was confused. I think there's not... Maybe, like, maybe it's a little... Yeah, maybe it takes a little getting used to, but I think there's not much you could do to make it any friendlier than it currently is. I think you could have put some of these things in, like, 
things to open up rather than throw all the information at you in one screen. I don't know. So you kind of get it, like... You kind of get it not all at once, and you sort of... I like being able to combine everything... I, I like being able to combine everything at a glance, though, because I like to see, like, okay, you know, if I make this one like change here with these limbs what are all the things that changes like oh okay i get this attack now but i don't get this attack and i get you know this this stack goes up but so does the price in this part of it and you know it's now also, it's a tier three unit instead of a tier two unit and i don't know one thing i, like I have to nag about the ui again mm-hmm. the color scheme <laughs> isn't great the, like dark reds like yeah, reds and yellows, it's it's yeah. yeah there's lots it's of confusing to look at. Of like red and, and brown and and it's not and it's not a bad in the creature combiner, but it's pretty bad in the when you play the game. Oh yeah, you don't like the uh, like the overall screen UI in the like corners and stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty big and it's. I don't know, maybe they chose that color scheme to stand out better in the environments that the game is set in, because there's a lot of, like, greens, and in the early campaign, like, a lot of white background. Um, but, yeah, it's not it's not the prettiest UI, for yeah. sure. And, man, does it take up a lot of your screen real estate. Yeah. But isn't that, I mean, isn't that common for RTSs? Like, I always... Um, Maybe I'm just, like, misremembering the RTSs I've played, but I feel like the UI is usually the central focus of most RTSs. Probably. I was I was thinking about that, and um, you might be tr- correct, but I feel like it doesn't hurt as much in other games, because, to be fair, in I'm used to RTS with kind of more refined mechanics, <laughs> which yeah. made this a bit painful to play. Because yeah. everything felt slightly off. Yeah, everything's kind of slapdash. Um, the the only game I can the only like RTS style game I can think of that's like intentionally minimizes the UI uh, would be um, black and white. Because I know that was like a specific design goal for them, where they're like, there were too many buttons in Dungeon Keeper, so we wanted to have like much fewer buttons. And so they they do that by like replacing it with like mouse gestures and stuff, where like oh. instead of clicking a button, you have to like draw with the mouse to make a glyph in order to cast spells. That's interesting. Which is yeah, it's weird. Um, and sometimes it like it it's cool. It's cool that they tried it. It doesn't always work as well as you would like it to. Isn't isn't black and white? That's that's a Peter Molyneux game, right? Uh yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that that basically sums it up. It's good that they tried, but it didn't really work. Yeah. Oh, it's well. ambitious, which yeah. is, you know, what you say about Peter Molyneux yep. stuff. Ambitious and and a little bit um bumbling. Yeah. I mean, That's maybe okay. maybe sometime when we've got some distance from this RTS we can do black and white or black and white 2 maybe. Um, as a as a game for this this podcast because it just does a lot of things in, super different compared to a standard RTS while still being sort of in the genre. Um, but anyway, that's not the game we played. The game we played was Impossible Creatures, and yeah, 
It is very UI heavy. Thank you. Let me look up a screenshot. Uh, impossible. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to talk about the UI of this game without trying to think back to the myriad or, like RTS games I've played before it and then after it. Yeah, it uh, takes up about the bottom quarter of the screen. And it's just me, a pretty solid bar along the bottom quarter of the screen. Let's let's just start. Yeah, I think it could be that. a bit smaller. There's some uh, dead space. There we go. Let me look up, like, StarCraft for comparison. Well, so... Um, all right, so I'm just playing a game of, of impossible creatures now. I guess <laughs> that's what's happening. So I'm look, like I'm looking at the UI for it, and you can compare it to a game like StarCraft. But StarCraft also is uh, it's very trimmed down. It's a game where if you're playing it seriously, you're usually more focused on memorizing your hotkeys. So the UI isn't as important to have around. It's very yeah cut yeah cut off. The side. You don't yeah. have to worry about it as much. Looking at screen caps of StarCraft, like. The UI does take up the bottom quarter of the screen in StarCraft too. That's kind of how it is for a lot of RTS games. Like if you're like when you start playing a game of Impossible Creatures as an example, the first thing I do is zoom out to wheel my mouse back, and it gives me more real estate to play with because it's already zoomed in super far. I need to build a building. Or I always I always felt like I could just use like like one more degree of zoom just to get like a little more view space. Yeah. Um, and the camera has a really bad because of it, the camera tries to follow the the curvature of the terrain on a lot of these maps. Yeah. It's got a really bad habit of just zooming in when I don't need it to because it drops off a cliff or something. Yeah. Yeah. That I also noticed, which not super helpful. Sort of the opposite of helpful. Yeah. It's speaking of the terrain a little bit. Um, it's nice that it goes through like. Um, the campaign at least goes through like a bunch of different environments, so it doesn't feel like super samey the whole time. But it's like yeah. you start off in these like arctic spaces, uh, and then you go to like uh, when you're fighting Velikola Pet, you're in some more like traditionally tropical kind of islands with like forests and savanna type stuff, and then you end up. I think the final areas are more like deserty, hmm. um, and it all gets like very sort of orange with like little oases, oases and things. Yeah, I and you know I, I thought that like the setup was kind of cute. Where it's like, oh, we gotta go to this island chain, this faraway island chain where my where my scientist dad works. Like that's a that's a really cute explanation for mm-hmm. giving you a lot of really small maps to play on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. That's like a that's a very good justification. Yeah. So I, I was, like, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's cute. Good job, Impossible Creatures, you're doing You're doing a thing. also, they use the island levels pretty well as a sort of tutorial. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. like, in the first level, they they don't throw enemies at you. It's, if you want to take a fight, it's you coming to them. Speaking and of, the second uh, level, changing it up. Speaking of tutorializing, did you guys do the tutorial, like, like the explicit tutorial segment before you jumped into the game, or did you just kind of... So I loaded from the amount that I had apparently previously played of this game, which was like four missions in. So I may have last time, but if so, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, because the... I did not. Because, yeah, the tutorial they give you is like the most basic tutorial. It's like, this is how you select your units. This is how you move your units. This is how you control oh, no. the camera. Please what? don't do those. 
Actually, I like those kind of things. It's that, good to have them just that, in that, case this is your first RTS. Yeah. That but, means you don't have to put that information in the main game, yeah. and you don't have to cut out new players that never played a video game before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and RTS language is very, like, at this point, pretty strongly, like, well well established. It's pretty pretty um, fully codified, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you've played an RTS, you know what the controls are for this game, pretty much. But not everybody's played an RTS, or not everybody's played a lot of RTS. Which is weird, because so I, I don't think I've ever played an RTS, but I was like, oh yeah, this is how you move your camera. Like, for some reason, it all made perfect sense. I'm like, I know you have you've to... You've watched Sean click. or something. Yeah, I've, I guess I've watched it enough. That makes... That's probably it. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're gonna make nine wolf things and send them to kill the other guy. <laughs> And now, we, are, uh... and now we tech. Yeah, I'm just looking at the UI and I'm trying to like process things. Like, so the UI is is pretty universal. It doesn't have like, oh, um, you know, X, Y, and Z is for, um, oh, I guess X, Y, and Z would be things like certain buttons don't aren't necessarily pertaining to certain creatures. They're they're assigned like your hotkeys are assigned to certain slots in your army creation queue. So like the first thing I always you always create in your army is your Z button on whatever. Uh, production structure you're on. So there, there's an attempt here to streamline the whole... There's an attempt here to streamline the UI, but the problem is, on top of that, with the game itself, is um, there's so many things you have to research, and so much stuff you can just totally gloss over and not understand, uh, just at a, at a first glance. Like, if I if you sat down and told someone, like, oh, uh, you can upgrade your units, but you have to research a thing and then build a thing, and then you have to click on a unit specifically, and then there's all these different upgrades for that one specific unit, and you don't know which ones are any good because, oh, I can give a little more speed to my guy. Is that good? Maybe? Don't know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the... So the upgrade... There's an upgrade structure that's like this weird helix ladder DNA building thing, and it just has a button for anything you happen to have... for everything you happen to have in your army at the time. And then everything has the same set of upgrades, depending on, like, what abilities the, the thing has by default. So it's, like, pretty much if it's got a melee attack, it gets a melee. There's a melee upgrade option. If it has a ranged attack, there's a ranged upgrade option. Everything has, like, a speed, health, and defense upgrade options. And, the, and there's, like, a, a vision. Yeah, like a sight upgrade option. And all all of these upgrades are available individually to each unit. So you can't, like, you can't upgrade like use one upgrade to do health on both your polar bear chameleons and your lobster hippos. You have to like first research it on one of those and then research it again on the other one. Yeah. That, that... And then they're also, I think they're dynamically co like assigned uh, cost value based on the tier of the unit or something like that. Mm. That's the other thing I didn't like about the game is that in a lot of cases where you're trying to piece together how much a unit costs and how much you have to invest in it, everything is kind of, assigned a weird value based on the tech of the unit versus the abilities it has versus like the p the parts you're using and then everything kind of scales off that so you're never really quite sure what you are building or how much your thing is going to cost at the end of whatever game you're doing yeah there's the difficulty of, of that scaling yeah definitely yeah it's a it's a game with a very deep experimentation like option because there's so many choices that you could spend a long time just, like, playing the same mission over and over and with different creatures to see, like, if one can do slightly better than another, depending on your combinations. 
Mm-hmm. Which maybe is a draw for some people. Like, I could see some people getting super into that. Yeah. I've seen... I have seen RTS games that are maybe a tad more complicated than this. Mm. And that's saying something, I, I suppose? <laughs> I Yeah, I'm struggling to think of something that's got more, like, more uh, complexity um, yeah, than this I mean, you can think of stuff have. like... Yeah. Stuff like Civilization, games like yeah, that. Yeah, if you want to stretch back into stuff that's a little more city-building and a little less killy everything with your ridiculous army, uh, games yeah. like SimCity and things like that become a little more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, I guess that just depends on, like, what, what, uh, what categories are we talking about here, but really just, mm. you know... Stronghold Crusader, maybe? Question mark. I have no idea what that is. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, medieval style RTS. Oh. Um, you can build like, but you don't just have like units and things like that. You have to actually manage an economy, and there's trade stations and. <laughs> okay. Like, you build like a, you can build like walls for a castle setup, and oh. Ugh. <laughs> and then there's like a million different. You can, you can throw a pitch over walls and all the whole nine yards. It, it's all there. <laughs> that sounds like complicated, but also, like, it would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, no, there's tons of really fun RTS games like that, and it's just, you have to... It, like, a lot of them aren't, aren't... The problem is, it's not StarCraft, and therefore, the learning curve is a little bit ridiculous, because you have to kind of come into this game with its own set of whatever economy mechanics, and whatever army mechanics, and all this stuff, and at the end of the day, you're just like, well, that was kind of complicated, and you have to come back and remember it every time you want to sit down and play these games. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, how how the, like, learning ramp is in this game compared to other games. The I feel like they do a pretty good job of scaffolding you in terms of, like, giving you creatures little by little in the campaign mode. So mm-hmm. you don't have to, like, just look at this giant thing full of creatures and go, oh, holy hell, what, you know, like, I'll never figure out how to make a good unit, you just say, okay, like, to start with, I've got, like, three creatures that I can combine, so let me just experiment with those three, and then each time you get a new one, it tells you about, like, its strengths and weaknesses, and so you can experiment if you feel like your your army is missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of... that was helpful. It would it would be nicer if, uh, if you didn't have to, like, hunt those creatures down in order to, to have them <laughs> added to your, to your arsenal. Because I always yeah, felt that's... like I was like wasting precious time uh, hunting for animals when I'm like I should be doing something else. I should be prioritizing something else. Yeah, but... I I mean I usually just you sort of run into them so yeah. easily accidentally over the course of things that I just like don't seek them out. I'm just like if in the course of doing my normal stuff I happen to run into one, then I just send Rex over to get the DNA. Yeah. Also, I had no idea what animals I already. Got so every time I saw an animal, I had to check if I gathered it. Well, you can just check if if you make sure that you don't finish a mission without getting the animals in that map, then you can just look at your objectives to see what you need. Also, if you mouse over it, it gives you a little icon, like it'll give you. Oh yeah, there's a little check mark. There's a check mark, yeah, if you have already collected it. I did not notice that. I have faffed about and killed my opponent. All right. Yeah, if you um, if you mouse over it and you haven't gotten it, it's 
you get like a little like target like reticle. Yeah. Yeah, like a little crosshair. And if you uh, if you mouse over it and you have gotten it, it's like a crosshair with a check mark next to it. Nice. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, might help with that. Um, it's a nice little a nice little thing that they did. Yeah, uh, they do they do some pretty. This I feel like there's some pretty strong UI decisions overall yeah. in this game. It's not perfect, but it's uh the only other game I can think of that where like I was as impressed by the kind of usability aspect to it, um, at least in the RTS sphere, is probably Paraworld. Because um, Paraworld takes uh, a lot of like good stuff from a lot of different RTSs and, and combines them into one. Uh, including one that this game sorely needed, which is the ability to, like, um, when you're telling your units to go somewhere, the ability to tell them to arrange themselves in a particular formation upon arriving. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. So, like, Paraworld has a thing where you can, um, when you're clicking, uh, like, where you want them to go, if you click and hold, it gives you, like, a little arrow, and then you can just, like, drag your mouse around to change the direction and length of the arrow, and they will arrange themselves facing in the direction of the arrow with as, as spread out as you made the arrow and with the ranged units in the back and the melee units in the front. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, Ooh, which is solution. Yeah, which is a yeah, which is a a very nice way of doing it that this game sorely lacked. You have to do so much micro in this yeah, game. That yeah, I was like I was tearing my hair out over <laughs> over all of the microing that I was like yeah. failing to do efficiently, I guess. Yeah. So like instead of instead of having all my army on one like assigning them to one number key, what I would do is I'd have like okay, Melee uh, melee units on three, range units on four, entire army on five. So this way I can say, like, okay, everybody go here, and then melee units, you engage first with this guy, and then range units, I want you to target the flyers. And and you pretty much have to, they'll they'll just go, the AI for for your units is very, very bad. Yeah. Um, they'll just attack whatever is nearest to them with, like, no strategy whatsoever, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So if you want them to, like, the best way to, the best strategy that I've found anyway is to focus on one target at a time and try and take it out. Um, but you have to do that by, like, every time a, a, a unit in the enemy's army dies, you have to refocus all your units to target something new so you have to like manually do all your targeting mm -hmm. and uh, also their movement AI is really bad so a lot of times they will try and get to the target that you want them to fight by going like entirely around the enemy's army and taking hits from the entire thing and it's like no that's that's not what I wanted you to do please, please do better yeah why, why? yeah I yeah. There's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. I have nothing to add to that. That's just. <laughs> I agree. I, I My workaround was to literally just make units that would do well swarming. Yeah, to just yeah. only swarm units. <laughs> that makes sense. That's fair. Or they function very well when I only have two of them. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a pretty good workaround. That seems like an effective workaround at least. Yeah, I should probably try that. I feel like I am not an aggressive enough player to be good at RTSs in general. Um, mm -hmm. And this game really wants you to play aggressively. Yes. Like, they want you to be really aggressive and to do, like, really early attacks and things. 
which is not my comfort style. Like, I just like to tech up to tier three as soon as possible so I can get my polar bear chameleons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have the same sort of... Yeah, I, I do the same thing, which... Uh, you know, it's like, that's just why I don't play RTSs in general, because they stress <laughs> me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just like, now, 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 you gotta be doing this immediately! Do it as fast as possible! Uh, go, go! Uh, oh, gosh, I'm getting stressed out. Kayla, you would make a great <laughs> RTS. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's pretty much how you make a great RTS. Yeah, just... I mean... Carl, I assume RTS is more, like, naturally in your wheelhouse than it is for me and Kelso. Yeah. I did kind of grow up on Warcraft and Starcraft. That'll do it. That'll do it. I don't know. So, Faust, you said you tried, like, a couple missions in... Yeah. Right? Yeah. How far did you get? Uh, Literally the second mission. Okay, so you don't you don't necessarily like have enough data yet to have an opinion on like the the aggression of the AI. Um, I played the AI like in the versus AI mode a few times oh, yeah, over on, on on different difficulties, and I have never seen the AI get past the 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 warthog wolves. <laughs> I am more aggressive than the AI. <laughs> I yeah. wonder. I wonder if the uh, campaign AI or the campaign. I feel like the campaign might have like more specific um, parameters that it's working within, rather than the the like the generic, the, yeah. yeah, multiplayer AI. Yeah, they really have some AI. some things that they are programmed to try and do, and sometimes I feel like they very clearly don't have like the same limitations as the player. Like I'm pretty sure that the population cap in one of the missions was broken for the enemy and they were just allowed to have as many units as they wanted because there was an area that like they were stockpiling creatures that felt like really broken yeah well Over. given that the, the population cap there's not it's not uh, set to like x monster is worth x population everything's just worth one yeah so but if there's like, more than 50 then the AI is cheating yeah that's well that's the thing is like I think they had basically 50 creatures there, and I'm sure they must have also had workers back at their base, so, like, that doesn't seem possible. Like, it felt like the AI was cheating. So, but maybe that's just, maybe that's just, like, my, my own internal bias. <laughs> I'm not, not sure about this, but I'm pretty certain that most RTSs, the AI sheets mm-hmm. in... Yeah, I have some memory of reading that somewhere. Yeah, because they, they probably have ways of, like, sensing where you are without scouting that is, you know, that wouldn't be true if you were playing against a human player. Yeah, that makes among sense. Among other things. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the AI, I feel like, in the... So, uh, the missions are actually, in retrospect... Um, fairly diverse like they're all more aggressive than I'm comfortable being but like they have some like there's some like defend this point under waves of like early attacks for a certain amount of time and there's some like you know just push forward um, and there's some like you know hunt down these objectives all over the map and like they do a pretty decent set of different types of objectives 
without ever having uh, any of those crawls that I absolutely loathe in RTSs, where it's like, you don't get to collect any resources this mission. You just have these starting units go micro to finish the mission, and I hate those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. So it's, you know, it's it's like, I guess, good setup for eventual multiplayering. And there's a, I know there's a mission towards the end of the campaign, which I didn't get to this time, but I remember it from last time. And based on my research, it's, uh, um, it's, it's level 14. So the first time I played this, which was a long time ago, I must have gotten like almost to the end because I didn't beat it. But if this was, this must have been like the second to last mission. Um, but there's a mission where you're, um, you get to an island where there's like a virus that affects, um, the, the creatures, and because Rex is technically like a Sigma creation, it affects him too. And so you basically have steadily uh, atrophying units, and you have a limit, you have like 15 minutes to get to like this this area on the, this guarded area on the island where the cure is stored, um, or your, or Rex dies and you lose the, the mission. That sounds brutal. Yeah, it, I remember. I think that's probably why I gave up the first time I played the game was like that mission. Yeah. Um, I th- and I think there's a way to like actually use the like there's like a helicopter unit that you get eventually um, that can like uh, airlift other units and I think there might be a way to combine that with um, some aerial units to like actually sneak some creatures around to a different part of the island and um, and mm. get around the back, but. Uh, I remember it being very, very hard. <laughs> but yeah. interesting. Like, at least they tried to do some different stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Um, okay, so... Did anybody ever find any use for flying units? Because I, I found them to be completely useless the entire game because... Anything that's got ranged attack takes them out immediately, and any aerial defense towers takes them out immediately. Put it's artillery like, on them. I tried that, but they don't like. So they don't. Uh, they, they they don't hover in one spot. They like swarm around wherever you tell them to go. So like my, I was like, okay, well I'll just put a like a long range artillery thing, and then I'll have them stay far away, and like throw rocks at you know the enemy base. But they, like, refused to stay far away. They just, like, kept, you know, like, diving in and died as usual. So, what the game isn't very good at explaining, you kind of have to look for it. Um, uh, let's go back to the creator. Um, there's different, there's obviously different kinds of artillery. There is a kind of artillery that has insanely long range. that the chimpanzee one? I don't know if it's the chimpanzee. That's that's I, the one I tried to... I looked for the ranged attack that had the longest range, and it seemed like it was the chimpanzee. So that's what I was trying to, to It use. could be that I'm on the insect one, and there's this thing. Is this it? Uh, so, so the range on chimpanzee is 22. The range on this on this bug from the insect expansion is 55. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so nothing in the main nothing in the main thing has that much range. <laughs> no, there's also, like, infestation and a lot of other stuff that works really well against buildings and the insect thing, to where you can kind of, in a lot of ways, negate certain, um, certain defensive structures. Interesting. Uh, I've, I've never found, like, I never found the need to, like, specifically develop any flying stuff, because... I, like 
it's so easy to answer, I guess, compared to some other things. So maybe maybe I need to experiment more. I've seen some people have uh, some success with swarming hornet rhinos, but it's hard to put enough health and defense on a flying unit to keep it around for more than than like a few seconds. <laughs> Um, let me see. Maybe, what my maybe the trick oh. is numbers. Maybe I need to focus more on swarms and just like creating as many things as possible. I legitimately couldn't tell you. So, <laughs> like I just kind of do what works. I didn't try flying units, but generally I I have the experience that flying units isn't really great in campaign, but could be really useful in multiplayer. Yeah, I guess if your if your opponent forgets to build like significant ranged attack into their army, then flying units like can just harass them with no answer, which is probably maybe useful. Yeah. Also, campaign stuff they really like towers. No, the like, like anti-air towers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I usually build one of those uh, in my base. Maybe two if I suspect that it's like a mission where they're going to be sending a lot of air at me, and that's all you need. Mm -hmm. There's, I know there's a mission later on that I saw when I was perusing the YouTube videos where there's like a big gate and there's the mountains on either side of it are completely surrounded by um, anti-air towers, and like clearly the point is that like you're supposed to use. Uh, amphibious units to get around to the other side of the island and open the gate, and like those, those that like blanket of anti-air is there to keep you from just like rushing straight over with flying units, and like the the part of me that's you know like hates to be told what to do is like I wonder if you could actually break that by like using ranged units to take out the aerial towers and then like just swarming the remaining couple that they can't reach with area units and then just going for the air attack like screw you you can't tell me what strategy is good <laughs> yeah I yeah it's always fun when you can uh, sort of break the intention of, of a level I enjoy that sort of stuff if you tell a player where to go, he will go the other way. Yep. yep. It's true. I just I just don't like being told what to do. That's all it is. <laughs> um, who, who does? Nobody does. Yeah. Oh. So that's that's uh that's my major bullets unless you uh you guys want to talk more about um some of the crazy silliness from the I'd the creature creators and other things. Uh, poofish is something that is in an army that I have on my computer. Poofish. Poofish. He is a chimpanzee piranha. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, chimpan the chimpanzee has a rock throwing melee that. Yeah, uh, we'll just call it rock throwing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the rock uh, breaks up and does like splash damage to the things it's around artillery. it. Yeah. Does any do the does like the the splash ranged attack do do actual splash? Because there's like one where like an archer fish actually spits water at a thing. Does that actually do splash damage, or does that ironically not splash? 
Uh, it does do splash damage. Like there, every every time you see artillery, as, or if every time you see an attack labeled it as artillery instead of just a ranged attack, the artillery will do splash damage. I I haven't noticed things na- specifically labeled as artillery. Uh, Where is look that at listed? look at a look at a giant ant eater. I don't and, have that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Like if you look at what is some like a like a porcupine's a good place to start. Like a porcupine has um. Quill throw. That's just like a thing. It just shoots I mean, quills. I should like load up this game. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Launch impossible creatures. Also, it's got a very it's got a soundtrack that matches its narrative aesthetic very well. Like I wouldn't call it good music, but it's uh it's very like in character music. Yeah. It's it's I sort guess. of like sweeping adventure music. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, it's like the 30s pulp or 50s pulp or whatever mm. it was. Um, okay, I, army builder. I'm not sure I, I agree. It felt sort of out of place. Okay, so I'm going to find myself a porcupine. Organize my name. Uh, wow, it's loud though. Um, yeah, I have all my I have all the noises turned down. Yeah, I I found that I um I turned down my sound of the settings like a lot. And then I and then I went to the campaign and it was just like just kidding it's loud again, so that was okay. That was cute. So so quill throw does not say artillery for me. It just yeah. says quill throw. Yeah. Uh, can now, attack creatures from safe distance. Attack causes piercing damage. Range sixteen meters. Yeah. Now go to something like an archer fish or a chimpanzee. Okay. Um. Let's see. Archer fish. Archer fish. Uh, oh, water artillery. So, yeah. like, artillery is in the name of the attack. Yeah, it is. Like, uh, like I've got a bombardier beetle that is in the... And the bug expansion has chemical artillery. I have the archer fish that has water artillery. We have rock artillery. Uh, you can actually, I think... Can you look for... I guess I, I assumed that, like, because it was the name of a thing and not... Uh, well, it doesn't help that when you sort animals by range attack, it just kind of lumps artillery in there with it. Yeah, I guess I, I assumed that the names were cosmetic, and so something with, uh, something with it in the you know like that that was just the name of the attack. I yeah. didn't realize there was like a difference in the actual mechanics of that. Yeah, again, the game is not very good at explaining itself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has a lot of it has a lot of options and a lot of little mechanic stuff that. There's also, like, there's a whole poison mechanic where, like, units can be poisoned and some units have poison immunity, and that's, like, mentioned once briefly in the campaign, and then they just assume that you figured it out, so... That's never a fair assumption to make. (laughs) I should probably, like, my strategy is largely built around regen, and I should probably... That's probably a strategy that's good for people who aren't aggressive enough. So I probably should abandon my regen strategy and find find a way to just like be aggressive and lose units. But man, it's so hard to get past those polar bear chameleons. I love those polar bear chameleons. <laughs> They're just, I it's, it's a it's a polar bear with a head of a chameleon and the tail of a chameleon. <laughs> The most important parts of a chameleon, for sure. Really, to be honest. I made a better version of the poo fish by replacing the monkey with a with a bug. Uh, <laughs> excellent. 
Well, not technically throwing poo anymore, then, is it, though? No, it's just shooting acid, and that's fine, too. <laughs> it still shoots it from the butt. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> yeah, Fair that's enough. good enough. Um, but so, anyway. This game is silly. Oh, is front to back, game. it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, with, with all its flaws, for all its, like, not ex- necessarily explaining things well and having, like, a lot of complexity and maybe, like, not super necessarily balancing completely. Um, it's just so, so, so much, like, silly, ridiculous fun. Like, it's hard to get over, like, how funny it looks when, like, you know, you're, like, whatever hippopoto dragon, uh, <laughs> like, goes, like, shimmying down with his weird little, mon- like, lizard monkey walk. To be fair, the creature creator is really the core of the game. Yeah. And it managed to do that really well. Yeah. yeah. They 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 picked what their gimmick was going to be, and they went all out with that gimmick, and it served them well. I mean, I think it's a, it's a game that, you know, I'm... that stands out from other games in like, the RTS genre. Where you think, like, yeah, there's a bunch of RTSs, and then there's this one where you can make units by doing crazy mad animal science that yep. looks ridiculous. Yeah, I've seen some unit creation mechanics in my time, and this is... This yeah. is a different thing altogether. It's it's good, like, I appreciate that they that they really committed to it and made it good instead of just being like, okay, well, here's this thing that we can say that we did, and and just kind of do as little as we can to make it functional. They oh. they, they went hard. Super important, really cool thing. Buying this game on Steam, I first of all heavily advise you do that, because it recently, I forget how recently, but it now has like Steam Workshop support, yeah. so people are modding it and doing crazy things oh. with it, I'm sure. Huh. Yeah, I've seen all, I've seen the, the page has been advertising to me some uh, like player-created maps lately. Hmm. That's cool because I, I got it on GOG just because I I tend to get older games on GOG because they're usually they usually run a little better. Um, a, a lot of older games like don't play well with the Steam overlay um, and they don't give you as many launch options. But there I did see that there is a map editor in the um, GOG version and it's like well okay what do you want what do you want me to do with this? This game that nobody plays anymore, but so it's it's good. I appreciate that they that they open that sort of thing up um, on the Steam Workshop, keeping keeping these weird older games alive. Yeah. Sort God, I wonder. I'm wondering. I bet you could do some really weird. Excuse me. Um, some really funny mods with like um, texture texture packs on the creatures. Yeah. And, oh, like, here we go. Different. So I'm looking at some of the mods real quick here. There's someone made uh, a quote-unquote better insect mod, which is basically the insect mod, but with uh, campaign support, because the present insect mod in the game does not have any sort of campaign support. Mm. So it'll put, like, the insects and all the stuff into the campaign. Huh. Nice. That's cool, yeah. Seems like the the insects... I mean, judging by that, like, 50 range, the insects seem, like, vastly OP compared to the other Some stuff. But maybe, maybe I'm only comparing... Maybe it's because I'm only comparing it to the animals that I got in the campaign, no. and I am missing the last five levels. Your so. options for artillery include the archerfish, the chimpanzee, and the bombardier beetle. And the bombardier beetle does 
two to three times as much artillery damage from at least twice as long out. Okay. So and is clearly. a tier two unit. Like, no, they're just, they're better. Clearly OP, yeah. Maybe that's yeah. why they didn't put them in the campaign. Yeah, some of the mods that they're looking at, it, I'm looking at, are also like more maps and rebalancing the entire game and the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah, man, people are putting in work. The dedication you must have to like rebalance an entire game. Oh, yeah, oh baby. Plus rebalancing, re- like the the fact that this game is poorly balanced. Well, it is like a a criticism of mine. Is I feel like super understandable because when you have that many possible units that can mm-hmm. be made, you really have no way to balance versus all of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do your best to make sort of generalizations, but ideally you want to maintain the feeling of, like, different combinations being very unique, so you don't want to balance them into, like, them all being the, exactly the same. So, like, that's a, that's a tough line to tread, and they did, I'm sure, the best they could. So... I- think it's actually better to sort of ignore the balance. Yeah. Uh, but I, I not not ignore it, but don't yeah, try too hard. To, to focus more on the diversity than on the balance. Yeah, I think the, of the, of that trade-off, I prefer the diversity to the balance as well. Yeah. Because it's it can be fun to find things that are broken. Mm-hmm. Like that's that there is some entertainment value to that. Definitely. It's a lot harder for, like, when you're actually playing multiplayer with other people to justify that. But in the campaign, at least, like, there's absolutely not? nothing wrong with that. Right? Yeah. yeah. G- give, me, give me those OP bugs, game. I yeah, want it. give me all the OP bugs. They're yeah. super OP. <laughs> there's, like, spiders and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll have to... Is, is the, bugs, the bugs DLC available on Steam? It just comes with the game. Really? Uh-huh. Have I just did I just not notice it? Yeah, you kind of have to turn it on. So like, um, when you're on the main screen, it has like mod selection, and you click it, and then you click to the insects. Okay, hold on. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn about this game that I've been playing. I'm gonna for learn about these bugs. <laughs> Wait, spiders are not bugs. No, they're not. But neither are horses, which are apparently an addition. Uh, horses are kind of bugs. <laughs> horses are not more bugs than spiders are. Um, I put a wasp head on a horse. It is now a bug. Yep. That's all you have to do. <laughs> you have to make it a bug. Mod yeah. selection. I see. Insect invasion. Everything okay. is a bug when you have Sigma tech. Yeah. Or everything is like, at least potentially. There's bugs. a behemoth beetle and it's huge and like black widows, bombardier beetles. So uh, I see is listed as an available mod. Does that mean that if I switch over to insect invasion it changes what some of the base creatures are? Maybe. I think so. It's it's a, it was like I think it was maybe like a light rebalancing and then uh more animals. Let me go into the army builder now and see what else I have. Tarantulas and black widows and garden spiders. And Anaconda. Behemoth. Black widow. Bombardier beetle. Yeah, and see, uh, some some of these animals Cockroach. are not actually. Oh, yeah, some of these animals are actually not in the um, the PDFs that came with the GOG version. So yeah. So, so that's, everything. That's a lot more than. Uh, yeah, everything I'm reading off here is uh is stuff that I don't recognize from the earlier one. Condor, which is certainly not an insect. Dolphin. Uh, the wasp is an insect. Uh, firefly, garden spider, garfish, 
which is like a, a, a crocodilian, I guess? I giant think snapping thing? turtle is new. No, snapping turtle. None of these are insects. Well, yeah, the bombardier beetle and firefly and cockroach are. Uh, Hercules beetle. Horse. <laughs> Kangaroo. Uh, let's see. Now, moose, I think, was... Is moose in the original? Moose is in the original, yeah. Um... I should, you know, we're, we're doing this the hard way. I think you can just look up a list of these of these things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Rattlesnake and Raven are both new. Shield bugs. I really just want to get to the point in the campaign where I get the sperm whale and can start mixing things with sperm whales. To be honest, uh, tarantula termite, termite, um, walking stick, walrus, walrus. Actually, warthog might also be insect only because I don't recognize that from the previous list. So I can't make wolf. I'll never be able to make wolf warthogs without the ex- this expansion. Uh, Why would you call this expansion insects? Because <laughs> it also involves a lot of insects. Woolly mammoth. Jesus. Yeah, but it's not like 95% of them are insects. Yeah. I don't know. You gotta theme it on something. Would you? Like, it's boring to just call it more creatures. I would call it more stuff. You could just call it, you could call it even more impossible creatures. Impossibler Impo- creatures. Yeah, I was gonna say impossibler <laughs> creatures. I mean, it's got a woolly mammoth. That's a pretty impossible fucking creature right there. Well, if you're gonna go that route, you might as well put in, like, dragons and unicorns and fantasy shit. That would be cool. Even though a That's lot of... the next expansion. A lot of those are already uh, mishmashes. Yeah. That might be actually a cool, like, knockoff version of this game where you're just making chimeras. So you, yeah. like, it's like, okay, make your own fantasy beasts. Like, take this unicorn and put, or like, take this horse and put horns all over it. Now you've got a unicorn, but you could also have, like, a tricorn if you want, or. I don't know. You have a, you have a lion and you give it a, you know, goat head and, uh, whatever the other one is that. Chimeras have you dragon heads. Sphinx, but you give it the ability to breathe fire. <laughs> yep. It's a hydra, but when you cut its head off, I don't know. Pegasus lemmings fly come out. out. No, <laughs> yeah. Lemmings, lemmings, <laughs> lots of lemmings. The, the head grows back, and the severed head grows into a minotaur. What? <laughs> what? what? Oh boy. The severed heads just become snakes. They're just yeah. all snakes. It's a snake generator. <laughs> yeah. I want to see someone do a really ridiculous mod with this now. <laughs> the the fantasy mod. Yeah, the that would be a cool mod for this. Like, give me, like, the crazy mythological, fantastical creatures. I want the Pegasus, Pegasus and then I want you to create something where I can mix robots with it. Oh, man. <laughs> Robot There's Pegasus. so many possible DLCs. Oh, God. The treads limb. This, this robot has treads. You can do it in addition to your legs or in place of your legs. Jeez. One of my one of my best early units based on like what the campaign gives you like makes available to you early on um, was just a ram that had big lobster claws on the front. <laughs> it just just looks like someone grafted two lobster limbs onto the onto the front of a perfectly normal sheep. Sigma technology. Sigma technology. Hashtag. Yep. yep. 
right. Anybody else have any bigger, like, you know, topics they want to cover? Creatures they want to mention? Great weapons head. they want to show off? The porcupine. <laughs> I will gladly really like the anyone who has this game and play them. And probably well, yeah. win. Possibly. You have to get past the wolf warthogs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can you do it? Which means you probably have to have the expansion. <laughs> no, the wolf warthogs are in the base game. They're just unfair. The warthog isn't. The warthog is part of the insect expansion. Is it really? Yeah. I wonder um, it's so I'm unfair. Pretty, pretty sure. Well, fine. Let's, let's find... Let, I'm going to find the equivalent real quick. <laughs> it's got to gotta be fair. All right. We can't, yep. we can't be going having unfair, unfair units. Just regular In unfair this... ones. Yep. <laughs> Um, we'll let, we'll let you we'll let you uh, maybe tweet the results of that experiment. Oh, I'm working on it right now. It is <laughs> um, all right. Dang. I almost think that the warthog's a glitch now because every other animal that I try this with is already it sets it to a higher tier. Yeah. <laughs> but the warthog has low enough stats where it's just tier one. I mean, you could try mixing it with the ant. The ant is specifically designed to make things lower tier and lower cost. Uh, yeah, but you need to have, like, a uh, pack hunter. On oh, yeah, yeah. That's and true. that's what the issue is. Yeah, well, uh, you need to have herding, I assume, because, like, the wolf gives you pack hunter, right? Yeah, but the herding is only on tier 3 things, and warthog is the only thing you can mix with a tier 3 thing to make it kind of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the warthog is broken, is basically what you have found. I have found the dumb animal is just like, this is really hard to kill, and I can make a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was incorrectly priced, I think. Pretty expensive for a tier one unit. Yeah, but it's a tier one unit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what more could you possibly ask for? Yep. Besides a, a blade Having it having it in the campaign mode early on so I yeah. can just make broken things yeah. and get through the really hard stages that I can't do. Yep. If only. Yeah. I'm watching people like play it on YouTube and like beat it first try and I'm like ah, clearly I am not aggressive enough in this game. I feel ya. I, fe- I feel those, those feels. Those painful, painful feels. Anyway. That's okay. Yeah. I am I will I will stick to just being good at the more thoughtful sl- slower paced games. Yeah. And not feel guilty about not being able to be hyper aggressive. Yeah, that's okay. I will yeah. I will never be a contender. Never never going to be competitive, which is fine because I get stressed out too easily. Uh speaking of somewhat less stressful games, Segway! 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 Uh, So for the next three weeks, instead of two weeks, because we are actually going to be gone, uh, Kelso will be unavailable in two weeks, so we're going to push this one to three weeks, Uh, we're going to be playing Aquaria, which is a game that a lot of people probably, like, have on their Steam lists that they got from one Humble Bundle or another and, like, haven't played, like, this is your opportunity to play it. Come play this game. I'm so guilty of that right now. That was in in, uh, an early Humble Bundle, too, I think, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, I think I had it sitting there for a while before I played it. But so, uh, Aquaria. Aquaria is an underwater Metroidvania game. So you play as like a basically a mermaid sort of character um, who like wakes up to consciousness one day from a sort of more animal state and realizes that like she is the only one of her kind and is trying to figure out like what happened and why she awoke and just sort of like explore the underwater and it's a uh, it's it's got an interesting mechanic whereby the 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 sort of central mechanic is singing so you can open up a set of eight notes in a circle around the main character and you sing different combinations of notes to change forms so like there's one combination that turns you into a combat form or like a forest form or a light form and things like that um and so you uh you go through the game you learn these different songs um you do, you know, Metroidvania style like exploration of areas and then like learn new powers that let you explore further. Uh, and then, you know, you find out what the mysteries are and you fight things and you finish the game. You beat the game. Yeah. I played hopefully. this, uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, probably we won't actually because it's, uh, it's a bit longer than what we usually play. So it's not being some yeah. people. Yeah. We'll try. We're going to try. We're going to try and get as far as we can. Um, I actually have like a a sort of um, like checkpoint checkpoint's not the word I'm looking for but um, like a, a target point for people to aim for to, to try and get at least um, I'm trying to think if I've left anything else out like to know about the mechanics there's, there's, a, there's, there's a crafting mechanic. yeah there's a sushi making mechanic um, so you <laughs> which can I think get, is like, adorable health and upgrade items are made by like collecting uh, various uh, ingredients throughout the world and then cooking things and then eating them and that's that's fun <laughs> that's very like it's thematic and cute mm-hmm. it's got some like really it's got a nice art style and like some very good very relaxing music and it's kind of a good explory game um, with you know it's not like super combat heavy but there is a there is a not insubstantial amount of combat in it so it's not like it's it's not like a walking sim kind of thing it's it's very much you know in in the traditional style of your metroidvanias or your legend of zelda kind of things uh and the the designer who made it is uh the guy who's working on night in the woods right now so if that's a game you're looking forward to you might try aquaria to kind of get a feel for it um so the the, the target I would urge people to attempt is uh, the first three uh, songs that you learn are pretty linear. Like, you have to learn them in the sort of smaller part of the of the map that you start in. So I would say everybody should try and get those three songs and then at least one additional song. Because after that, the game opens up and it becomes much more explory. And so to get, like, the fourth song, you actually have to do some exploring. And, like, the fourth song can be any one of, like, I think three different ones. So that'll, like, actually give us some differentiation about, like, where did you decide to go? And what did you decide to get? And what did you explore? So the first three songs plus one more is your goal. Sounds reasonable. And you have three weeks to do it. So that should be plenty of time. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Alright. 
I guess now is the time where we pimp stuff. Yeah. I will start. Uh, I I do I do the Twitter. I'm on the Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. That's my Twitter. I also do uh, one of us on Fridays. Um, let's see. Next week there is nobody signed up. Somebody should sign up. And then the week after that, that, yeah, definitely. And then the week yeah. after that, I'll be out of town, and I don't know if if uh, if uh, Jason can can start it, like start the hosting or not. I should uh, I should ask him about that. <laughs> you know. More news on that if you more news on that if you follow Kelso on Twitter. Yeah. Show us updated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's that's it. I do this, which you're listening to right now, so I don't need to pimp it. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you are aware of what you're listening right? to. Right? Yeah. This is Not, you haven't you just you haven't just fallen face first into a podcast on SoundCloud. Um, I don't know. Maybe people do that. Um, but anyway, uh, I usually stream on Sundays. I'm not streaming this week or next week because uh, I'm going to a wedding next week, and I didn't want to start a new game for just one week. Um, but I will be starting. Uh, in July, uh, playing Earthbound. So if you have any interest Ooh. in seeing Earthbound, come watch come watch me play Earthbound on twitch.tv slash cagetiger uh, Sunday mornings at 10 Pacific. And if you want to find out about my schedule and like any changes that might be happening, you can also follow me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. And you can follow me on Twitter at skug3. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me? I don't know. I have nothing worth following presently. You don't have a Twitter? Um, I do, but I don't know what I want to use it for, so it may not be wise to throw it up on here and be like, "Come find me." That's That's <laughs> so if you yeah. want, if you want to talk to Faust, it's a scavenger hunt. Yep. Yes, you, you must, can just you... like dig me up through all the places I've been over the last three years. And um, as a small suggestion to Kyla, you should stream next week, and you should just beat Bad Rats in one sitting. Yeah, well, I, Bad Rats. I am. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be at a wedding, so it's oh, gonna be difficult right. for me to stream. I beat, I beat Bad Rats in 30 minutes. You can beat Bad Rats in one sitting. You can beat Bad Rats at a wedding. That's fine. Well, I mean, yeah. I can I can do Bad Rats for a sitting before I start Earthbound. I don't That's, know anything about that game, but it's oh it's boy. the Incredible Machine, but terrible. Yeah. Oh no, I love the Incredible Machine. It's, it's the game that you you buy when it's like twenty cents at a Steam sale, and you gift it to your friend, and they're like, God damn it. Why did you hey, that's give how me I bad, got rats? bad rats? Yeah, that's how that's how everybody has bad like, rats. Like just as an example, I, I I did a level in bad rats. We'll we'll I'll, I'll give a story and be done. I'll still be quick. I did I did bad rats. I did a level. I finished it with my own solution to it because I couldn't seem to figure out what I was supposed to do to make it work. And so I was like, okay, but what's the what's the creator solution? Like what's the developer solution? Then the developer solution gets put into place, and I click play, and then the developer solution fails. <laughs> yeah, physics. Yeah. Bad rats. Ugh. Yeah. Bad rats is that bad. Yeah. Just play bad it's rats just, and then play buggy Aquaria. as heck. Yeah. Oh. Mostly play Aquaria because Aquaria is a good game. Yeah. Aquaria is pro- I, from what I've played, it's a good game. Please yeah. play Aquaria. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's it's one of those games I've played like maybe an hour of it, uh, and then it sat and languished in my uh. My yeah, work, I so. I played all of it except the final boss fight. Oh. I got like right to the area right before the final boss fight and then stopped for some reason. 
Yeah, I've been I've been like I've been in the mood for a, a good Metroidvania lately, so this is coming around at a at a, at a very opportune time. Yeah, and this yeah, has same. been on our list to play for a while. Yeah, so. this was I mean like this is like one of since your the first games. episode, I yeah. think. Yeah, this yeah. has been since the very beginning, so like a year. Because I know Kylo, this is like one of your favorite games. I if that's I think if that's correct. Um, it may have been at the time. It's a game I enjoy very much. Um, I don't know if I would list it as one of my favorites, but I think it, it definitely had, when I played it, it had an emotional impact on me in a way that some games haven't. Not, like, overall because of the narrative, but just one or two gameplay moments felt, like, really cool and really significant and actually gave me, like, real emotional reactions at the time. Cool. Which not a lot of games do. So, yeah. you know kudos to to it and it probably will be like less so this time since i've already since i know more what to expect but i think i still think it's got a pretty cool feel to it and it's got you know like cool music and cool ambiance and and i really love the environments so yeah excellent all right yeah everybody play the aquaria come back in three weeks be excellent uh to each other if you would like to guest host the uh, on the Aquaria episode, um, just hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. At at Feedback Force or at Kelso Time Bomb. Yeah, I I I run them both, so you cannot escape me. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll uh, see the request. Yeah, I'm passively threatening to maybe do that in three weeks. So <laughs> steal that opportunity right, from me, everybody. Right, yeah. <laughs> this is a challenge. The challenger approaches. Yeah. So if you don't want to listen to Faust again, sign up to host. You're gonna have to dethrone me. That that would be a neat uh, mechanic. You have to you have to fight to the death to become our new semi permanent guest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh lord. Shit's about to get real. We'll see you all in uh, in, three in three weeks, weeks unless Faust has been killed in a duel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.